and welcome to another episode of Behind the Mic. This is a Vent music podcast series hosted by me, Freddie Cocker, and presented to you by Vent on the Just Checking In podcast. Vent is a place where everyone, but especially men and boys, can open up about their mental health issues, break down stigmas, and start conversations. In each episode of my Behind the Mic series, I check in with artists across different music scenes in the UK and beyond. We talk all about their musical journeys, their artistry, and most importantly, the person behind the mic. For this episode of Behind the Mic, I'm checking back in with a Vent favourite of mine and someone who has supported Vent and the podcast in many ways since his part one. Tobias Frey is an Afrobeats artist who came on the podcast in September 2022 to discuss his music journey, overcoming stage anxiety, evolving from making US-influenced R&B to Afrobeats, and the impact that the death of a childhood friend had on him in 2014. This period of grief led him to a mental health breakdown in 2017, which thankfully he has now overcome. Toby was also my sound engineer for the first Just Checking In podcast live show and very kindly stepped in to be a speaker at the show after one of my other speakers had to drop out. So Toby has a special place in mine and Vent's heart for saving some stress for sure at that event. In part two, we talk about Toby's shows he has done this year, which have helped him overcome his stage anxiety, how he wants to build an artist collective with his peers in the scene, and how he has strengthened his faith alongside his relationship and developed his communication skills with God too. So get yourself comfy and have a listen as I go back behind the mic with Tobiah Frey. Toby, welcome back to Behind the Mic. Thank you very much for coming on and letting me check in with you again. We saw each other last month at the Just Checking In podcast live show. It doesn't feel like too long since we actually seen each other, does yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. No, How are you, bro? I'm good, bro. I've been good. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm good. Well, yeah. I, I want to say I'm good. I was about to say, yeah, I'm good. I've just had surgery yesterday and it was not great. So I'm better than yesterday. Let's put it that way. Good. I'm better than that, yesterday. That's, honestly, that's and hopefully. Progress. That's put a nice bow on the last year of illnesses, which I've described as basically making a series of embarrassing bodies. The amount of run the run that I've been on. So um, <laughs> let's let's leave it at that for the uh, purposes of the podcast. <laughs> you have progressed so much both in your music journey and in your personal life since we last spoke, and we're going to talk all about that on the pod. It's a credit to yourself on what you've done, mate. So thank you, man. Thanks. Without further ado, are you ready to start the show and talk all about it? I am ready. Let's do this. You know by now where we're going to start, mate, which is about your continued music journey. We're going to check back in all about it. So just tell me what's happened since we last chatted with the Tobias Frey project and uh, what you've achieved since then. I have dropped some music, which I hadn't dropped. Last time we spoke, I hadn't released music for like two years. Now it would be three years. The last time I released music was like 2020. And, then, and you changed that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to take credit for it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
fast forward to 2023, I feel like I've come out of this hiatus that I, well, not I thought, I knew I was on. And I released two singles this year that I'm very, very proud of. Not just because I'm back and releasing music and I feel like I love it's like John Wick. I'm back. I'm back, back. Yeah, this is this is my. We're talking John about that before we uh, started. So yeah, <laughs> this is my John Wick four, man. Yeah. No, um, I feel it's more because of this time around. It felt different. There was things that I did differently, and just in terms of like collabing with people, and also I feel like I've built a community of like artists and creatives around me who I've learned from and who have helped me grow. And I think, honestly, you can hear that in the songs that I just released this year. Like, even even in that, the numbers, they're doing, like, much better than the old songs. So, you, I mean, you can, I, I don't know, like, I know, like, numbers don't always equate to sort of, like, talent and stuff. But it just kind it's of It's a nice correlation. Like, it is a yeah. nice correlation. It feels that way. And, yeah, no, it just felt right this year to be releasing music again and the songs I was making. And I fell in love with the songs I was making again. Like, honestly, it'd been such a while since I felt that. Mm. Like, the whole gap was between 20 and 2022. Like, I was, there, that, like, falling in love with what I was making was just like, I had completely lost that. I couldn't find it. That feeling was gone. Mm. <laughs> I was like, when is it going to come back? Well, you fall in love with music and maybe you, you've started to love yourself again, which is good. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go deeper. How have you taken inspiration from those artists? What specifically? Do you know what? It's not even like, it wasn't proactive. I think it was more just sort of like being in their presence and like vibing off their energy. I think when you're, as a creative, like I think with creatives, like I feel like artists like to get in their own heads. They live in their own heads a bit too much. Mm. And that, and when all you've ever heard is your own voice, you kind of forget to... You're almost in your own echo chamber sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, you forget, yeah. like, there's no other options available to you. Just the voice that you keep hearing and you forget that there are other paths and there are other things you could take. But I feel like being with creatives who saw art with a different point of view, they the way they approach, the way they make music and stuff... I think it was kind of refreshing because like I said, I'd only like previous to till this year, prior to this year, I'd only ever made music produced and written by myself completely. No help in the Well, you're perfectionist as we spoke me. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All me, like from start to finish, engineering everything from the start. So it was always only my own voice I was hearing throughout the process. Whereas like with these guys, like they taught me to obviously take my art seriously, but to not take myself too seriously because when you take yourself too seriously i think that will uh i don't know clip your wings a little mm. bit in terms of in making music just being creative in general you have to be free there is no way your mind can be in bondage and then you make art because art in itself is free and expression like so i think being with them it kind of got rid of these invisible shackles that my mind... We're going very meta here. Giving myself, yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, so I think that's that's kind of like what happened, you know? Mm, we both have this trait where, because we rely on ourselves most of the time when it comes yeah. to our side hustles and our work, Absolutely. we know we can get the work done. But when we relinquish control and rely on others, it can be a little bit uncomfortable because you're putting trust and responsibility and control on other people. Yeah. And, you know, in business or whatever walks of life... Most of the time, if you do that with the right people, there's no issue. But it, it's that unknown, isn't it? Yeah, it's like you never know. Yeah. Yes. No, honestly, yeah, no, I know what you mean. It feels like I'm like, I'm putting my destiny in somebody's hands. Yes. That is crazy to me. Sometimes <laughs> I put fail-safes if I put my trust in other people. Sometimes I have fail-safes just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Man has a reboot button. Reboot, yeah, yeah. reboot. I was like, well, if this again. happens with them, at least I know I can do this, this and this. <laughs> start again, start again. Do over. Yeah, no, that's exactly how I felt up until... 
You know, it's actually even funny that like, the first song, like the first single I dropped this year, the mastering, the final mastering was done by somebody else completely. But my perfectionist self did the mastering as well. Like <laughs> you had a saved, you had a saved version. I ready. had a saved version just in case. Luckily, they did a great job. I mean, I added some stuff, right. even though they did a great job. Because you know, so like, you doubled I, up. You did more work than you. Said, I can't right. help myself. I can't help myself. Like I have to, I had to do something. But I had to touch it. But you know, I was proud of myself that I could even give that much because. Baby steps, mate. 20, honestly, exactly. 2019, 2020 to buy a Ray would not allow you to touch his final master. Like, <laughs> get your fingers off my mouth. Are you mad? I'm mixing it myself. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> the, the two tracks you've put out are collaborative. Yeah. And you are not the lead artist, so to speak. So mm. how did that experience compare to being the lead artist on most of your work previously? Did you feel less pressure or more pressure to deliver? Um. Oh, hmm. That's quite interesting. I feel like when you're not a lead artist, I feel like when I'm a lead artist, I have more pressure to deliver because it's my song. Mm. But when I'm not a lead artist, it's a different kind of pressure. It's a different kind of pressure. I don't want to fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a different kind of pressure because they've come to you because they believe that you have something that they don't have. Because when I ask someone to be on my songs, that's how I think. Yes. I'm like, I'm giving this person this part because they can do it in a way that I can't do it. So... That's how I'm thinking. So I'm so I have that mindset that they've come to me because they think that I can add something that is different to what they've added. It's a different kind of pressure because it's a pressure to then deliver my authenticity, but like my best authenticity. Because mm. it's like, why else do they come to me then? Because if it's something they could have done themselves, they would have done it. Mm. So it was a different kind of pressure to sort of like deliver my authentic self, but like still interesting and captivating so I and, think, and the grassroots you know you're not paying 10 bags to an ice for a feature it's not that kind of thing not yet one day one, <laughs> one day, day maybe one day. one day in part one mate we spoke about this stage anxiety that you had which mm. was triggered and caused a lot not all but definitely a lot by the grief of your childhood friend mm. so just tell me how you've gone about overcoming that stage anxiety and building your confidence back up because you've been on stage Several have, times this I year. I've been on stage a good three, four times this year. To good, uh, Three shows, three shows. I think it was three shows, yeah. And yeah, no, honestly. And the last show was my favourite because like I felt alive. Like it was like, wow, like this feeling that I had as a kid when I used to perform on stage as a kid finally came back in my late 20s. It's finally, now I feel like a child on stage. Like I feel like, oh. Did that happen love. midway at the start afterwards when you just taken it all in? Do you know, it happened as soon as I hit the stage. Love that. It happened. I was just like, rah, I'm actually <laughs> going to enjoy this. Like, because before, it's more like, before, the feeling I had before was, um, oh, I just can't wait for this to be over. You can't but, be present during that, can you? With that sort of mentality. You can't be. Whereas that was like, a, oh, I don't want this to end now. I wish my set was longer. Do you get me? It was like, man, <laughs> did, make a, more tunes. <laughs> man, did, a, man did a 45, I did, was a, it was a 30, 35 minute set. Or yeah, I think it was 30 minute set a mix of release on release songs and i got to the last song and i was like ah man wants to keep going like oh, yeah. <laughs> yo but obviously you know couldn't do that but it was just it felt good because it goes on for so long and you wonder will that feeling come back mm. so i think that was the best it wasn't even the fact that the performance was great and everyone loved it and you know like there was good feedback. That was more like a bonus to you. Yeah, really. I think yeah. the main thing was what I felt inside. Like, wow, like this feeling has come back. Okay, like finally. Like. Mm. <laughs> so like in terms of overcoming that stage anxiety, I think honestly, a lot of work went into sort of just 
I, I feel like I'm a people pleaser, right? Mm-hmm. In recovery. In recovery. Mm. So I struggle to say no, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that someone close to me told me, this was like in 2021, towards mm-hmm. the end of 21, up until now, which I started to do more, is like, they said, try to become more comfortable saying no to things that you don't necessarily want to like you don't always have to be selfless Mm -hmm. like you don't always have to try and please people and make Mm -hmm. people happy and and i think for some reason that stage anxiety and that sort of like people pleasing those two kind of went hand in hand with me as well oh interesting yeah no because i always felt like being on stage rather than being there because i'm giving people my art that i'm proud of i felt like i had to just give people a performance that they would that they wanted rather than yeah, you like wanted to Yeah, they would say, give. okay, yeah. it, it was worth me, you know, spending my time to come out this evening to see this. But like, it was it was mm. more about like, oh, like, are you happy with my performance rather than this is me, this is to buy afraid, take my music or don't take yes. it, I don't care kind of thing. Which is, I think as an artist, you have to be like, you have to really be, you know, put your foot down and be like, this is me unapologetically and this is my art. So I feel like saying no to things helped me a lot into getting back on stage because... Even in saying no to things, there was other gigs that I was offered this year that the old me would have been like, oh, yeah, okay, let's do I'll, it. I'll do it. Mm. But those ones, but now I was just like, no, do you want to do this? This isn't worth doesn't it for me. You. It's not yeah. worth my time. It's, yeah, exactly. It's not, it doesn't serve my brand. I'm saying no to this. And that helped me then be more sure in myself about the ones I did say yes to. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100
like all those things kind of come maybe not flooding back but maybe more sort of like sort of like slowly like, re-emerging as the, the more like the more you heal and the more you sort of rise from the grief stage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah i would definitely say that you know mm. that, that was yeah you also spoke to me off air about this importance of putting words into action just just tell me how that relates to this part of your journey I think, uh, so yeah, because I said to you that I was like, oh, I'm planning to get back on stage. And like, uh, when I finally did it, I was like, oh, wow. Like I said, I was going to do something and I stuck with it. And like, it gives you like the sort of motivation to keep going because honestly, motivation is very fleeting. And as, as, as it's hard to more, maintain as well. The harder, the harder, the older I've gotten, the more I realize that, yo, Motivation is really just 1% of the whole process. Like, it's really discipline that will keep you, like, going. Honestly, like, motivate... Because there's days I'm not motivated. Even to make music, there's days I'm not motivated. But I started going gym in July. So I'm like, what, that's four months in now. And when I first started, the first week was amazing. I was motivated every day. First two <laughs> and weeks And then you realise there's no shortcuts. <laughs> every day I was motivated. And after the two weeks, I was like, rah, this is hard. I then had to rely on discipline to keep me going to the gym. And I feel like that discipline has actually helped a lot in other areas of life. Because mm-hmm. now I feel like, okay, I can, in the middle of winter, I can drag myself out of my warm bed to go to the gym. Then I can do anything. Do you get me? Like, because like, let's be honest, who wants to... Who wants to leave the house? Exactly. Just, Jimmy, who wants to do who wants to do the unsavory stuff? Who mm. wants to diet? Who who doesn't want to eat whatever they want? And you know, <laughs> like so it's like I feel like saying things and and then doing them, it really reinforces the next thing you're then going to do. Like it because it's like, okay, you've done this before. It's just you're going through your paces now, you know how to do this, just Mm. And, and it's it's more like so sometimes when I feel like you do and I, I don't want to go to the gym or something like that sometimes you just need a rest and that's fine that's fair but enough, there's fair also enough, times yeah. where I go mm, so 20 minute walk to my gym 20 minute back do I want to do this and, but then I always think I'll always feel better on that walk back it is so true the hardest thing about in fact the hardest thing about doing anything is starting Yes. That's actually the truth. It's not the process in between. Gym's not easy okay fair enough yeah like, you have lift, a good session lift, a bad session whatever lift, lifting yeah. weights is not easy okay yeah. but I would rather lift weights than deal with the getting ready for the yes. gym getting ready for the gym is the hardest part and getting, getting your, your energy levels up and get just me, getting, getting your mind getting your mind get like making your legs move yes to go to the gym is the hardest bit but once i'm in the gym and i started my session i'm like i'm so glad i did this the hardest thing you can do is start the process in between yeah it's not easy but it's actually easier than starting mm. once you can just get over that like hurdle of starting i promise like it's not smooth sailing, but it's it's easy. It's easier sailing from there. Before we reflect, there was a very touching and I think very nice moment for you when you had one of your songs played in the club you were in. Tell me about that. Oh yeah, no, that was sick. So that was um a Christmas actually. Was it? No, was it? No, it wasn't. It was like it was early this year. It was mm. early this year. It was like maybe just after New Year's and stuff. And that was sick. It was humbling actually, because it was just like like obviously like you want to cherish the big moments, right? But then it's moments like this where it's just like, oh, rah, like five years ago, would you have thought that your music would even be playing? Like five years ago, by that time, I didn't even think my music or my beats or whatever were good enough to be played, let alone played in a club. So 
I think it was one of those things where it's just like, oh yeah, take this in because it's actually these little moments. It's like, it's not just like, it's not like the Grammys and the awards <laughs> and that. It's like the little things like that. It's just like, oh, look at how far you've come from like five years ago. But you're glad you weren't in the toilet when that was about to be played, eh? Quickly <laughs> <laughs> run out. Yeah, that's was like, dash. right. Yo, that's my tube. <laughs> that's dashing the toilet paper everywhere. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, it's just like, it makes you think, okay, shit, like, how far can I go as a person? Because five years ago, I wouldn't even have thought of this happening and it's happened now. So how far can I really go? Like, Did it maybe expand your own potential of what you saw? Absolutely. There's a saying, like, if you... You can, if you can see something, you can achieve it, kind of thing. Mm. So when you start seeing things, right, the dreams that you have, they start to becoming, they start becoming clearer, man. They go from that three sixty to four K. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you get me? Four K HD. Like they HD, like they start becoming clearer and clearer. The further you plug away, and the the further you do things, and the little milestones you reach, you know, mm. they, they help make it clear. And I think. That was like a moment for me. It was just like, oh, okay, wow. Like, Sliding door sort of moment, yeah? You make, yeah? Yeah, you make music that is good enough to be played in the clubs. Like, what else can you do? Like, do you get me? So, like, don't be out here feeling like you're not getting anywhere or anything because, like, you weren't even here five years ago. Do you mm. get me? Like, yeah, you've, you might not, it might not look it because you haven't actually stopped to look back, but you've actually come far. Do you get me? Like, mm. so that, I feel like that was a look back moment for me and to realise I'd come quite far. And before we move on, let's reflect on your music journey continued so what has this period taught you about yourself a community is important that's what i'll say you can't do everything on your own i used to think i could i used to really think i could i used to think all i needed was like me myself and i but life and experiences has humbled me made me realize you can't do everything on your own and you shouldn't want to because Mm -hmm. people would always whatever you do with the right people yeah you give the right people a seed they will make it a tree for you do you get me like they will grow it into a tree for you and i feel like that is what this period with like the music friends i have like the music collective group of friends that i have right now i feel like they've taught me so much in terms of trusting people and learning to put your art in the hands of other people as well and like trusting them to treat it the way you would treat it and stuff so i think that's that's what i'd definitely say we've checked in about your music journey Let's go back behind the mic and talk about your mental health journey once more, Toby. So since we last spoke, how do you reflect on your part one? Maybe what we discussed, the feedback you got and the Toby we meet now. Do you know what? The feedback I got, there's one thing, there's only one thing that really stayed with me of all the things that people said. There's one thing that someone <laughs> It's not said a negative me. comment, is it? No, it's oh, right. good, but okay. it's surprising because I don't see myself as the person was like, oh, you're so wise. And I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, bro. I'm doing stupid shit every day, bro. <laughs> I'm making mistakes every day. Like, I don't know how you got wisdom from that, but thank you. Um, but I think that in a way it was good because I felt like maybe that means the person took something from that that they needed. Oh, definitely. And I think you just need to remember that these things is like some people need guidance. This information that you're mm. giving, you know, it's just like don't take it for granted. Don't think, oh yeah, I'm just you know, I'm just speaking my truth or whatever. Your truth could be somebody else's like guidance or like, you know, guidebook into them dealing with their stuff. So I think that's how I take it as like because something in what I said spoke to them and they needed that. So I think that was good. That was a nice feeling. I think my mental health is doing better these days. These days, things are positive. Things are... Say with your chest, bro. Come on. You said that that sheepishly. Man's happy. (laughs) (laughs) No, um... (laughs) 
Do you know the thing? I suppose it's always this British thing to be like, Is it? Underplay it. It's always underplay it. underplay it. And just be cautious. I can get hit by lightning tomorrow. Yeah, but I said I can't get it. No facts. So like, you never want to. You never want to speak too positively. You never know, bro. Like, <laughs> how can we live in perpetual fear of a jinx? We used to do this when we were kids. <laughs> Our just was so damaged that we can't yeah even, trust trust. Can't even just be happy, bro. Just have to like, have to downplay the happiness. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm cool, man. Just vibing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess things are all right. <laughs> mm. I just made a million pounds. Yeah, yeah. I guess things are all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're good still. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah good they're not still. bad. I mean, Still. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got that million still. Yeah, it sounds like life's going good, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to start this continued journey, mate, by going back in time a very short amount mm. to the Just Checking In podcast live show. Now, I know being on stage is not alien to you, mm. but stepping in at short notice to be a speaker, which I very much appreciated, no was not an easy task. So, how did speaking on that event compare to the process of? a gig was it more challenging less challenging different in good ways or bad ways hmm i think challenging because obviously like stepping in last minute it's like oh wow okay i haven't prepped for this because you, you always want to prep <laughs> hey we did prep i gave yeah, you some you, prep you gave me some prep but you're like <laughs> yeah but you know you actually did you actually did but whereas if i had known i was speaking months ago the prep would do you know I mean the, it'd be mm. a bit more prep like mm. prep time do you get me um mm. also like i don't know like i was not distracted but i was in two minds because also i was doing the sound as you yes know. yeah so it was like I was, I was making sure that the sound was fine whilst being a panel member. yes jim just kind of thing so it's just yeah. like i couldn't lock eyes with micro and tell him please hold your mic closer to your mouth yeah no trust me i was trying to I was also just make sure that the panel speakers have their mic sorry Mike, sorry michael but you needed to hold it close to your mouth yeah. <laughs> <laughs> them ones luckily i mean no one I mean, cares yeah no one really the, cares the sound was great and yeah. it was fine but um i think mm, so i don't know the pressure so maybe it just in terms of needing more prep time maybe there but not too much pressure because i also felt like it was a different kind of perform no it wasn't mm. a performance it is a performance to a, to a degree I mean, yeah. so it's a performance but it's also people's experience like we were just coming there to be open and honest i guess actually that's even more scary than a performance because when you have to be <laughs> open and honest that's even more do you get me but i think it's because there was also people who were there who had also felt some kind of pain or had been through something similar that i had been through so it was almost kind of like a brothers in arms on mm. stage kind of mm. oh yeah we're all just, we're all trauma, we're just trauma shit. bonding bro <laughs> like hey hey yeah we're all here with problems and damage come on yeah of damage gang yeah exactly dg so, so i felt like that <laughs> so i felt like that made it sort of easier to sort of just be open because like everyone was there everyone's being vulnerable so it mm. made it and it was supportive as well it was a supportive exactly it was a really yeah. supportive space the crowd was great they're really supportive so it was nice more than yeah. anything else the listeners can go back to watch the live stream of it if they want to but on the show we checked back in about the grief of your friend do you feel that event or maybe a moment prior to it maybe even the first show you did this year was a kind of closure for you on it not a perpetual closure, yeah. but just maybe a closure on the chapter of a of the intense period of grief, maybe. I think, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely not perpetual. That's always there. But mm. in terms of like, okay, that side is over. Like, mm-hmm. that storm has passed. Mm-hmm. This year felt like I really, like, closed it off. And mm-hmm. like... I'm in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. And I'm like, now ready to live with it and mm-hmm. just like accept it and like see the beauty if that makes sense in well just life more generally what i could yeah, yeah well yeah in life see the beauty in like the fact that 
I don't take life for granted now. I just live every day to the fullest and do everything that I want to do because life is short and you never know when it's your turn kind mm. of thing. So I feel like definitely that it was definitely closure for me. So mm. in that respect. When it comes to your recovery, mate, your faith has been a, a big part of it. And we talked about that on the live show too. Mm. Just tell me about how your faith has helped your mental health progress to where it is now. When I was at my lowest point, I wasn't talking to God. That's a fact. That's for sure. I had completely just not given up, but like praying and asking for help had gone to like the back, back of it. But that was not even really like... It was at the bottom of the priorities list. Do you get me? Yeah. Like I wasn't even looking at that as an option. Do you get me? Mm. Like let alone like forgot that was an option. Mm. But I moved to London 2021. I discovered this church, which I'm I'm at now. And honestly... And our very close friend, Claudia, yeah, is also cl- at. Shout out, Claudia. She'll be back on for a part four at some point soon, I reckon. Honestly, I love that girl. <laughs> so much Claudia's like my little sister but yeah going back to the church which has helped her a lot as well immensely I'm sure as mm. she, will, she will tell you or she's told you already it felt like depression can feel hopeless I'm of sure course that's a symptom of it yeah literally like like there is nothing right but with how my faith has grown since then I feel like where I saw like oh this is the end of the road like this is hopeless mm. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like my faith has created a side road that wasn't our path. That like a wet, like a path or your that North wasn't Star wasn't sort there of thing. Before. Yeah, Do you get yeah. me? That wasn't there before. That It's just like, even though some days, when you have depression, some days are worse than others. The most hopeless days don't feel hopeless anymore. Do you get me? And it also feels like the burden that you were carrying for so long on your ones, right? It just feels like someone's then like helping with the load that's what believing in jesus feels like um and that's what this whole process has felt like since i went back into church i went back into serving like in the church i serve in my church now i also like serve in like a chat homeless shelter on mondays like kind of thing and it's so weird it's like i started showing up and i started doing things for other people but i'm getting healing mm. in return it's so weird you know and it's saying? not a people pleasing it's thing not either. a people pleasing yeah. thing i'm just doing it because morality it feels yeah. my it feels mm. good to help mm. people like you mm. say like you don't need a reason to help somebody who has nothing we should just help people because like we're humans we have like we have souls we have hearts but it's just amazing how giving all my time and effort to church is like without asking for anything in return i've received peace and like calmness and like help like mentally and emotionally and spiritually within me all of that it's just almost as if in like a return mm. without not saying it's a transaction thing but because it wasn't meant to be i went back in not expecting those things but i got them and i feel like that is the beauty of like god's love and that is the beauty of like knowing jesus it's like when he gives you stuff like he gives you stuff simply because love is unconditional not because you deserve it or you've worked for it or like you know because we live in a world where like it's Action, reward, action, reward. Of course. Like, you do well in school. Like, you you get praise from your parents, from your teachers. You know, you do well in your job. You get a raise. I mean, you get a new car, promotion. You're sort of talking about, like, instant gratification culture. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the world we live in. You know, you post something on the internet, you get likes. It's just, it's very easy to always feel like life is just transactional and life is... But, like, with my faith and what my faith has taught me and what knowing Jesus has taught me, it's like... He's capable of giving you nice things simply because Mm. he loves you, not because you deserve nice Mm. things. And I guess the act of charity coming back to that of, you know, not 
doing anything for it to be publicised. You know, the famous example, someone like George Michael, who did all of his charity work yeah, completely exactly. in secret. You know, yeah, there's a famous no story. Yeah, exactly. exactly, there's like a famous yeah. story after he died where a nurse said, well, now he's died, I can tell the story. I think it was a, no, it was a nurse or, or a waitress, I think it was, and he gave like a 10 grand tip to her after hearing like she wanted to, I thought, I'm not sure what the, the goal was, but she wanted to basically get out of waitressing yeah. and pursue her dreams and he yeah. literally gave her a 10 grand tip. It's crazy. Just stuff like that. It's really crazy. lovely. Um, Yo, where's George yeah. Michael, bro? Yeah, yeah, mate, honestly, grand, the, world geez, geez. Missing, the world misses George Michael every day. It misses <laughs> Prince and it misses George and yeah, it misses Aretha. Beg you just set me 10 grand Yeah, yeah, heaven, honestly, bro. honestly. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, people like that, do you get mm. me? It's, like, it's just like, yeah, it's just like we live in a world where people like, even these days when people help people, like you see them posting it all over social media, like, oh, hi, I helped this person. It's, it's clout chasing. It is. Yeah. And it's really sad as we that's what we come to as a society. Mm. So like it feels good to like do all these things mm. and just be at peace. Mm. What you've spoken about there is this real hindsight and clarity you've gotten in mm. how you deal with your mental health now mm. as opposed to how you dealt with your mental difficulties in the past. How did you get that clarity? How did you become self-aware of how you dealt with it then and how you're dealing with it now and developing tools to move forward? Okay, now these are these these are sub-questions. Ask the question, sub-questions. So in terms of, well, I'll start with becoming self-aware. Mm. Every time I would go to, through a really bad period, I would just, communication would get shut off. I would just be distant from everyone. And one of my friends, bless her, like she lives in she lives in Japan now. She said something that was a joke, but it was They always hit the hardest. <laughs> yeah, it was always but in low-key truth. And that made me go, rah, like you don't rate me. She said so like during that period of my depression, I did something weird. I had like blonde hair. I don't know if anyone knows. Oh wow, okay. I like, yeah, I had like blonde tips. And you did a Cisco, Cisco yeah, vibe. Like, yeah. yeah. And she said to me like, she's like, Tobias, you know, like every time you're going through something, you always do something drastic, like change your hair or like your look or, or like whatever. Look, something yeah, yeah. Or, like you just like disappear and stuff. And I was just like, rah, like what are you trying to say? <laughs> And she was like, yeah, you could just, you know, try talking to me. <laughs> I was just like, right. Wow. Like, bro, that was... You could be deep, Shrek. You could be deep, Shrek. Straight like. to the heart. Like, that was so direct and so, like, harsh. But I feel like I needed that. Mm. Sometimes um, you need the hard truth, bro. You yeah, do. no. Because honestly, I feel like one thing that has really changed between then and now is my communication which also my girlfriend now said when we first met i needed to work on which i i'm actively working on now is like my communication and there's probably a link and there's a link between i never asked for help or i never liked asking for help because i always felt like i was a burden mm. to people if i was asking for help i also also felt like no one could help me out of my situation only i could help myself out of my situation there was a correlation between that and me doing everything myself in my music as well. And they all interact, bro. She get me mm. now. I'm only just realizing that now, actually. And like now not being so tight fisted with mm -hmm. my creation process. And now how I'm also a lot more open to talk about my problems, my life and needing help. When you and need also, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, I think in the midst of all that in being in the bottom God said something to me. He was like, oh, you think you've tried everything, but did you ever come to me? And I was just like, <laughs> you got me there, chief. <laughs> Ross, swear down. But do you get me? It's one of those things where it's like, okay, your heart is screaming out for this pain to stop. And you think like you've 
tried everything or you feel like there's no way to turn but you didn't turn to me like it's it's, it's a simple answer when it's said out loud you know it? it's yeah, so simple yeah, but yeah. at the time it's not though because i know you're like everyone, anyone who's listening to this and has a pressure knows what i'm talking about <laughs> it's not do you get me it's not so easy to see but then mm. it's right there like he's always been there it's just a matter of me coming back or like coming to be like rah like big man big g i can't do this on my ones please mm. like like help me take some of this pain so i think that is definitely the realization process is where i was like okay you're not going to come out of this if you can't let go of this heavy baggage that you're carrying because like how i look at it is like i'm walking on a road carrying the heaviest of stuff and strangers are coming up to me going, oh, can I help you with that? Can no, I I've been that? there. And I'm going, no, <laughs> leave me alone. It's, it's my burden to carry. Only I can carry this. Like, do you get me? How are you ever going to feel a release if you can't relinquish that burden to let someone help, help you carry it for a bit kind mm. of thing? And that's definitely what it felt like. I feel like that's that's definitely the, the switch in my brain was like, that's how I saw it. And I was like, okay, right. Like, can't really do this on my own. Like, mm. you know, let people help you like talk to people let them which was why i guess when i joined the church that's what i did because there's loads of people well not loads of people but like our church has elders really wise really loving elders that you can speak to and that has definitely helped me immensely to this point Mm. as well so as your communication skills with god has gotten better Mm. have your communication skills with your relationships gotten better and vice versa um i think definitely yes I think, like I mentioned earlier, how like my girlfriend said, like, like when we first started dating, like she was like, "You are so bad at like <laughs> at like telling people that you have a problem and letting people help you and that." But like she was telling me not too long ago this year, she was like, "Oh, but that like I think it was over summer." She said it. She was like, "Oh, that has actually improved with you. Like you're not as bad as when we first met." And that. That was good. Like, it was like a backhanded compliment, not as yeah, bad. Yeah, you know, But bad. still, you'll take it. Yeah, you'll take know, it. we'll take it. Because obviously these things need work. It's not going to be overnight kind of thing. But because I did take what she said and what mm. everyone had said and what God had said to be on board, like in terms of like letting people help you, I did take all of that on board. So I was, I have been trying to, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's still so hard, but like, I just feel like. As long as you're working at it. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? So like, it's still so hard to just sort of like rely on people and let people help and feel like I'm, burning people if I tell them I have a problem and I'm asking for help kind of thing but I have done it I've tried to do it it's like working a muscle the more you do it the easier it gets yeah yeah yeah. your current relationship is the first one you've been in where both of you are Christian and of faith yeah so how does that synergy allow you to strengthen your faith together obviously give you a church which you can spend more time at Mm. and a community too that you can rely on other people for Mm. So definitely she was the one who forced me to tell the elders in church, like I had problems and that I needed help kind of thing. Like, so shout out to her for that. But to begin with, she was the one who pushed me to like tell people stuff, tell people stuff. And also I think I can have conversations with her that I couldn't have with other people before. Like, so it's just stuff of like, we might read a scripture in the Bible and if one person doesn't understand it, like we would say, oh, what do we think about this? Like we just have conversations and we have thoughts about our faith is like don't get me wrong like even as a christian you still have questions about your faith that you should ask and i feel like god does want you to ask questions it's not just a believe or just like follow blindly anything that you hear and you read but 
ask questions if you're not sure there's a lot of people doing that right now yeah exactly that's the problem and that's what a lot of people think religion is but no it shouldn't like religion is a relationship it's not or at least it should be a relationship it's not a rule book Mm. of like just do this do this do this and you will get into heaven when you die do you think that message has been lost a bit that in your perspective faith and religion is a relationship rather than at its basic I don't know a rule book like you said a manual because it can be both but if it's one it can be yeah, if it's only other, one yeah, yeah, yeah massively then it's like that's where it's a problem like it can mm. be both and I think it should be a bit of both but it should be more relationship more than ever because like the reason why he, I'm just gonna get philosophical let's now. go let's the go reason, got time. the reason why we have free will right is because God wanted us to willingly have a relationship bro if you're gonna make something you can make something to obey you you know what I'm saying? You that's, can, a, that's a cult. Think about it. Yeah, exactly. You can you can make like you make an you can make AI to do whatever you want. You can make anything to do whatever you want. But if you're making something and that thing has the freedom to not listen to you or has the freedom to not believe in you, that's because you want that thing to willingly do it from their own heart. Like it should be a relationship. It should be love. I, I feel like it's this like, is the script room for iRobot the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my days. Isaac yo, Asimov's three last. Yo, 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 get the studio on the phone right Will, now. Well, I've been wanting a sequel for that for a long yeah, time. Trust me, trust me. So I feel like that's the way it is. And I feel like a lot of people don't realise that it's meant to be a relationship, like a willing relationship. Like if you get a girlfriend, you're not coercing her to date you. Because mm. that's not a relationship, bro. That's that's something else. Yeah. That's, that's a, illegal. That's abuse. Yeah. Like, that's abuse. Like, do you get me? Yeah. You, like, it's, it's the same thing with like knowing Jesus. It's like you're meant to be coming willingly to like want to know him, to, to mm. want to have this relationship. Like, so I feel like that's what it's really about. Kind of lost track. Of no, I love that tangent. We, we, we talked about iRobot, one of my favourite films. Yeah, so, can we, can, yeah, can we forgot what we were originally talking about? Was, we went off on something, but like, yeah. <laughs> we are living in a world at the moment, mate, where, especially men, and we are purpose-driven, stereotypically, mm. so many people are struggling to find purpose, meaning, mm. belonging, community, even a group of friends. Yeah, trust me. With the church, do you feel most lucky to have that? I feel blessed. I was about to say, do you feel blessed? Yeah, I feel it? blessed. Yeah. But then when I then like look at my Bible and I look at the early church, I then look and be like, I see that that is how it was supposed to be. The early church, like people who had more food, they'd come together and eat. And people who had more food would bring for the people who didn't. Like people who needed help on their farm, but by were too old or too sick to work, people from the church would help them do the work. Like it was just like literally hold your brother's hand when he, Jim saying, when he needs help kind of thing. And I feel like that's what church should be. And I feel like the world would be a place where you don't need to cry out to God for help so much if everyone just did that instead. It's so crazy how like we pray to God for problems to be solved. But like if we all followed the biggest rule of love, which is like love thy neighbor, if we followed that rule, we would be able to solve a mm. lot of each other's problems. It's, it's so crazy because, like, let's in the world be right now, there's not a lot of love in thy neighbors right Honestly, now. Honestly, let's be honest. One of the biggest problems that every human has it's it's either some it's always either money or some health issue that can probably be solved by money. It's usually always something, some human experience that can be solved by another human being who has the capacity to solve it. But because we don't really do a love thy neighbor kind of thing. 
we don't live by that rule. We've become it's, more, yeah, we've become more of an individualistic society. We're very because individual. The, we're very sort of me, myself and I. Yeah. I put myself first, my goals I have to achieve first. I think economic circumstances in the last 10 to 15 years have kind of accelerated that though. You know, mm. you look at 2008, you know, fast forward to say the last two or three years with COVID. Yeah. I mean, I think COVID did engender a real lost community spirit in some Absolutely, way. But yeah, then I think yeah. once it ended, it kind of ended a little bit with yeah. that. And then you also look at, you know, massive inflation. You look at the fuel crisis. You look at, you know, so many other things which have made the cost of living crisis, so to speak, even more harsh. Mm. Then I think that will accelerate people's kind of reluctance or maybe their acceptance just to be like well I've got all this kind of stuff mm, going got, on I just yeah. have to focus on me right now I have now. to focus on me yeah but then that just creates a vicious cycle yeah exactly whereas like if we all just said hey hang on now nah. whatever you're going through like we're all going through this together so that you don't have to feel like you're alone mm. but I feel like also like you said it's the climate we're living in as well like especially in a place like London London is so big yes but London being so big you feel so alone in London. Mm. Like this is the one. If you don't have cities. real good roots here, you can feel easily. Honestly, feel lost. like yeah. London is so easy to feel like you're just out here on your one and existing. Just, yeah. just honestly, just mm. in the jungle. Like mm. Mm. it's so easy to feel like just because it's so big. I won't see Fred again. I won't see Fred again. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, every big city feels like that though. It's not mm. just London. It's like every big city has that sort of daunting. You're on your ones kind of thing. New York is the same. LA oh, yeah. is the same. Like, do you get me? Like, every big Oh, city, let's not like, get started on LA and San Francisco where yeah, like, there's more social problems there than probably London. To yeah, some do you yeah. get me? So it's like, because everyone is just so... We're also about- atomized, aren't we? In a way. Mm. We've all kind of been stripped back to our basic instincts because of the climate. Yeah, it's like, survive. How do we get, how yeah. do we get back? survive where it should be more like oh thrive community. yeah thrive community thrive in a community but no mm. it's like so that's really what it's come to so i think yeah to go back to the original question that absolutely i feel lucky because i know that there's people who don't have that but that's why i just want people to come to find it i'm not saying not every church is good i'll be honest with of you, course some churches part of why i stepped away from church you're in a bad church I was at a church where they said community and stuff blah 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 but they didn't practice what they put it didn't not words into action literally no community whatsoever it mm. just I, it didn't feel like that so i was just like this is fake mm. and there will be churches like that don't get me wrong so like if anyone is out there looking for a church don't feel like you go to one church you don't get it and then go oh church well, it's like it's like finding a therapist isn't it yeah you, you go therapist like, yeah, shopping you, to... you probably go church shopping yeah but exactly <laughs> no please i implore people to go church shopping like the first church you walk into is not your church necessarily it could be but it's not necessarily your church like you will eventually find a good one that the whole community thing is real. It's not just like some kind of fake shtick that they mm. do to get people to come in. And then when people are actually in need, they bail on them and stuff. Like you will find a church that is actually practicing mm. what they preach in terms of community. So that's why I, I honestly, there's nothing more. But I feel like community would get you through life, mm. honestly. If I look at you now, mate, you have a purpose in God. You have a purpose in music mm. and an identity and also in music. Given that, when you see other people who don't have it, does it almost make you more aware that, oh, this person is lost, this person is directionless, this person needs that? <laughs> That's bare judgmental, man. No, not judgmental. You're lost. You're no, going to like, hell. You can see it. You've got no hope. No, no. <laughs> don't twist my words. Don't twist my words. More, more like, let me rephrase it then. <laughs> Do you, does it make you more self-aware 
to know when someone needs help or direction or purpose mm. and maybe be a mentor or a guide. Like, you know, we're going into our 30s now. I feel very conscious. And calling not just, me old, bruv. Huh? Calling me, no, calling no, me no, old, bruv. Not at all, not at all. <laughs> like, I'm very conscious now in my work, not just through event, because I think I'd do it anyway, mm. but especially so because my work event, I see the, the young kids coming up and mm. I, I want to try and be a guide for them and, and, yeah. and, and recognise my own role because I have a purpose absolutely. and I have an identity. Yeah, do you absolutely. feel that? As, do you feel that as well? Absolutely. But God, I, I had to do a lot of work there to try and make myself <laughs> not seem like a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers yeah, for that. You saved yourself. Saying, Man almost got cancelled on his yeah. own pod. Oh, I'll probably be cancelled many times. Breaking man. news: Freddie's cancelled again. <laughs> no, um, I think definitely yes. I have best friends actually who are musical, who aren't religious, who are atheist, and like. I've tried to speak to them about God and stuff. So definitely, even on a personal point, I try to, but then I also need to remember that people can only accept what they want to accept. Like you can show or you can be ready to help someone and show them something and tell them things. But if their mind is not ready to open, it's not going to work. So it's sort of, yeah, in a way, in a way I have, but like in terms of, the practicality and if i tell you that i've actually made any progress i'll say progress is slow because mm. for a lot of people especially when it comes to like god and religion you're not going to preach them one time and then they're going to be saved or then they're going to yeah convert. you can't force it on it's them like either. a slow it's really a slow one-on-one mm. thing like Let, let's discount that religion for a second then yeah. just about general purpose or general identity or general belonging like have you become more conscious about how to help others find it? Absolutely. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, 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 no, no, absolutely. If it, especially if it comes to like community and, and feeling alone and or mm. like feeling helpless, because I've been there, so I know what that feels yes. like. I definitely will say that I almost try and make it a rule to help that person. I'm mm. making it. I feel like it's almost feel like that person has been sent my way. If that when that ever that happens, I feel like that is okay you're supposed to do something here because everything that you've been through isn't just for you to lick your wounds and go, oh, I overcame my wounds. It's no, it's like that pain was for you to be able to help show other people how to heal as well. That's how I want to see it. That's how I like to see it. So definitely I make it as a, a rule of thumb, like, okay, no, I, I definitely have to like do something. Like I have to move in this person's life somehow. Mm. Like I have to say something, do something, whatever. Do you see it as a responsibility almost? Almost. Man's moving like Superman. Yeah, trust. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, bro. <laughs> Let's reflect on your mental health journey continued then, mate. So where do you see yourself in the future? First of all. What do you want to hope to achieve? What do you want to learn? My friend said I'm a humanitarian, but that's actually just gassing me, bro. Ross said that. <laughs> Ross, said, Ross, like, Ross, just like, oh, humanitarian. You know, I was like, Ross, don't gas me, bro. Like, I don't even do that much humanitarian work. Like, don't. So say you should become like UN Secretary General. Yeah, trust me, <laughs> Banky Moon. Man out here feeding five million people yeah. in thirty countries. Nah, but like, that's what I would aspire to become. I feel like that's where my mental health is going to take me. I feel like it's it's going to go hand in hand with music. Because hopefully with music, the bigger I get as an artist, the bigger platform I have. We were speaking about like this off air, yeah. I can then use to do more work for people to get me. So I think that's that's really the plan. It's almost like the reverse Idris Elba. He did all the acting because he wanted to do the music. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm just doing acting to do the music, bro. I just want to DJ. No, no, I'm doing... <laughs> Master in the music, so... 
he could have a big platform to mm. reach more people. Because don't get me wrong, I don't feel like, oh, you need to be someone big up. You can always help someone. Yes. Like, you don't need, you know, to... It just, it just helps. You just help. Yeah. It just helps. Uh, like, mm. I mean, like, bro, like, to be honest, like, you started doing work from time ago. Do you get me? Like, you... Six years, Vince. So you're the real bro. humanitarian here, to be <laughs> honest. Like, you... And the thing is, I feel like it's only going to grow. Do you get me? You're only gonna, so, man. You're only going to do this on a bigger scale. No, nah, no, nah, bro. I see it in your life, man. I see it in your feet. Like, you're only going to do this on a bigger scale. You're only going to help more people on a bigger scale. You're only going to raise more awareness. Like, it's... Vent is only going to get bigger for you. So... I appreciate that, that man. Definitely. Thank you. No, no, absolutely, man. Uh, me and me and Claudia were saying that because we were just like we look. I'm just like we were talking about you behind your back. Obviously. We were bitching <laughs> about, about you behind your back on, your, on this podcast. We were yeah, bitching yeah, about yeah. you like that guy's such a waste, man. No, no, we were saying that. Like, no, honestly, <laughs> that's we, not the worst thing I've been talking. <laughs> no, we were saying that like, honestly, like you don't even like you don't probably even stop to realize and see what you what you're doing, what you've done. We were literally. Uh, I try to do it more, bro, but yeah, sometimes like, I don't do because like, we it's so clockwork to me. Do yeah, you know what I mean? That I know. I it's get so that. routine. So you're so routine, but you don't really see that you're really doing the Lord's work on Earth, man. Like. And honestly, like you really are like a shining light to, to like so many people. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Probably that. don't even like. Jump say you probably don't even know. Yeah. Do you know what it is, bro? Like I said to you when you did part one, like oh, send me the nice feedback comments you mm. get. I don't normally get them nowadays, like which is fine. The nice it's, feedback that I will get. Fine. Yeah. No, no, no. Honestly, <laughs> it's it not even, fine. It doesn't down. even matter. It doesn't even matter to me. Honestly, <laughs> the feedback that I get now is when a guest will say that was the best interview I've ever done, or that's the most open I've ever been. That's what mm. I really like. And I get that quite consistently, which is which is quite nice for me. Mm. But all the positive comments about the pod itself, they'll obviously all go to the guests. But um, I think you need to remember that just because people, you're not getting things directly from people doesn't mean they're not being said. And of course, of course. You just need to remember I'm just saying that, what my like, yeah. experience now, yeah. six years in. At the, yeah. the start, I was getting all the feedback because yeah. it was all the stuff that I was saying. Mm. Whereas now it's different. Mm. So yeah, I think like in my journey, that's where I would like to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't see myself as a humanitarian of yet. But yet, <laughs> hopefully, I would like to be one. Just a good human. Just a good person, yeah. because I feel like just a good person is hard to That's come hard, by bro. these days, Honestly. bro. But you see everything, but a good everyone's person. warring. Everyone's bro. warring. Yeah. <laughs> you see, everyone's you, just dropping war dubs, trust but in their me, normal life. Dubs, you see everything, but a good person. A man's gonna come across an alien before he comes across a good person these trust. days. Like it's so deep. Like it's just like. So I like, sometimes yeah. think like, imagine if an alien would come down to Earth now. Like, what would they think about humanity? Yeah, these guys are tapped. Yeah, tapped. <laughs> Honestly, like, tapped. Everyone's yeah, tapped. This, this race is tapped. Everyone is bro. tapped. <laughs> Sorry, I was man. like, I'm never coming back here. Exactly. They, they they drop out. They, they, Trust they me, they're like, like Earth five is, seconds in. They go back. They tell their friends, Earth is the ghetto. Don't go <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <bro. laughs> Earth is the ghetto. Don't Trust. go there, bro. So yeah, man, that's definitely where I'd like to be. Mm. If I think I told you on the first pod. What yeah. My my goal would be to start the school of like arts. Um, oh, sick! Yeah, you did. Yeah, I think yeah, I told yeah. You, yeah. So like so that all ties in into like mm. humanitarian work and like what I'd like to do. When this all that would be to buy leg- a phrase school of arts. That would be my legacy. Yeah, love that. Yeah. And as a final question, mate, I've loved this conversation. Given what we've what we've spoken about, similar question as before. What has this continued mental health journey taught you about yourself? I mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. I feel like it's taught me that I can't do everything on my own, and I shouldn't try to. I shouldn't want to do everything on my own. It's also taught me that there's people. Who are like, there's people who are their people, right? They're people, but then they're also guardian angels. Do you know what I mean? It's made me feel like this mental health journey is because I feel like I've, with what I've been through, 
there's some people who have come through for me in ways that, and I'm not even, I'm close to them, but I'm not even like that close. But the way that they've stepped out to help me and want to help me has made me feel like, oh, okay, like there's people who have actually been sent into my life to guide me. Like these people are actually guardian angels sent from like God. So I feel like my Have you told them that? I didn't say that in that way, but I said something similar. If they're listening to this now, would they know who you're talking? Like, would they know I'd like to them think that they, they're talking like about? I'd like to think that they were, they, okay, well, that's they good. were one of the people that yeah. they know. So I think mental health has taught me that until you ask for help, you don't realise who your guardian angels are, that your guardian angels are real and that they're mm. present and that they actually exist and those things are a real thing. You only know your real ones in a crisis, bro. Honestly, you know I mean? trust me. Like selling so, tickets for my podcast live show. That's never gonna live that one out. It's just like, man's oh. still salty about that. No, like, no, it's not salty. Is... I'm just, I'm still PTSD from it. No, PTSD, the struggle. selling tickets. The struggle. Begging every man, woman and child to come to my show. Man would rather do ten more surgeries than have to oh, sell mate. tickets. Oh, mate! Honestly, it's a it's a tough choice. It's a tough choice. <laughs> Yo, Yo, oh. man! A public service announcement. Your next time my bro is doing a show, please, guys, buy his tickets. Oh, I've already sold forty five tickets, mate. He's for this next been, one, it's calm. Yeah, it's calm. he's yeah. guys. He's been through hell and back. All right, yeah. like, this man. <laughs> this year has been a this, lot, mate. This man is the real John Wick, bro. <laughs> he's been through some shit. I just need the barnet for it and some martial Trust arts skills. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, shout out to my man, Freddie, guys, honestly. <laughs> Thank you, bro. <laughs> Toby, it has been an absolute pleasure. It has. I feel like I enjoyed this one more than the first one. Did either. you? Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. That means I'm doing better work. Yeah. There was jokes in the first one. There was jokes in this as well. But this one was just more, I don't know. More natural? This one was more homey. Okay. Vent feels like home now, if that makes sense. Oh, I love that. Oh, so, mate, that's one of the nicest things someone said to yeah, me. Yeah, I felt like I was coming I was coming home. I didn't feel like I was coming to your podcast for like i was yeah. coming home to chat i love that i love that to, to the boy that's what thank you like. thank no. you so much for coming back on mate and thank you thank you thank you for everything you do man honestly this is i've, I've told you this already that this is what you're doing then and everything behind the mic and everything that you're doing man is is more than half what other people do in their entire lifetimes like you're doing stuff <laughs> you're doing stuff worth a thousand people do you get me like so keep plugging away man like you're a godsend yourself. I don't think if you know this. You're a godsend for people that you don't even, that you're yet to meet. And one thing I want to say this, like, and this to uh, anyone listening as well, like, if you're ever, like, losing, I don't know if I mentioned this on the first one. I just, it's this thing that I read when I was, I started reading more. It's, it said, um, if you're ever, like, losing motivation or you'll ever feel like giving up on what you're doing, just realise that, like, some people need you to achieve your destiny in order for themselves to achieve their destiny. So some people's destinies are tied to yours. You need to achieve that stuff because no by, you, by you, yeah, trust me, by you achieving, you don't know what doors you're opening for someone else. So don't ever stop, like keep plugging away because somebody out there needs you to succeed and you don't even know it. So that's what I'd say to you. And that's what I'd say to anyone listening. So just keep doing what you're doing, bro. You're smashing it. Well, that's all we've got time for on this episode of Behind the Mic. I want to say a big thank you to my bro, Toby, for being my special guest on this episode and for letting me go back behind the mic with him. One of those tracks I discussed with Toby called Hold On Me with Director Z will play us out. 
and I'll put all of his streaming and social media links in the show notes, as well as the link to where you can listen to part one of his journey. As always, thank you to all the venters who tuned in to this episode. Remember, if you've liked what you've heard, I'll sign us off by saying, please give it a share on social media. Tell your friends or family about it or your work colleagues. If you're feeling generous, write us a review and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or you can support our Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash venthelpuk or you can make a one-off donation to our GoFundMe or you can go to our link tree, that's linktr.ee slash venthelpuk to find out more about all the other ways you can financially support us. Stay tuned for the next episode of Behind the Mic. And remember guys, it is always okay to vent.